الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في كتابه المجيد بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الله تعالى انا جليس من ذكرني رواه البيهقي في شعب الايمان <coughs> الحمد لله الحمد لله we started this program no tech no tech retreat and the idea is that if you want to connect yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have to remove all the various types of distractions that are there that heart that Allah ta'ala put within insan whose function is to love whose function is to to be able to think and focus that heart if it's preoccupied with other things it's not going to be able to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it won't be able to remember Allah and focus on Allah what's interesting is that the islamic understanding of the spiritual heart is that that is the place of intellect we often consider the mind right or what what the mind is maybe we think of it as the brain but the islamic understanding of the spiritual heart is that that is the mahal that is the place of understanding so allah taala for example when speaking about those who disbelieve allah taala says lahum qulub la yafqahuna biha lahum qulub la yafqahuna biha they have hearts but they don't understand they have hearts but they don't understand through it through their hearts so that tells us that the heart is a place of understanding is a place of understanding so if the heart is connected to all various things it's connected to all other things how can we expect it to could be connected to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just the other day for the students that are in one of my classes we did a 5 minute session said so let us spend we were reading from imam ghazali rahmatullahi so in that class we, there's a book of imam ghazali rahmatullahi called bidayatul hidayah so the passage that we were covering imam ghazali rahmatullahi was talking about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said wa'lam anna sahibaka alladhi la yufariquka fi hadarika wala fi safarika ولا في نومك ولا في يقظتك بل في حياتك وموتك هو ربك ومولاك وسيدك وخالقك the, the companion who never separates from you that companion who never separates from you he's with you whether you're at home whether you're traveling whether you're awake whether you're sleeping rather who's with you throughout your life and who's with you at death that's your lord allah that's your lord allah 
That's your master, your creator, the one who sustains you, the one who provides for you. So that Allah who is your companion, who's with you at all the all the time. Who Allah Allah Ta'ala about Himself who says in the Quran, we are closer to you min Hablil Warid. We're closer to you than you we're closer to you than your 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 jugular vein. Who's always there with you? Imam Ghazali says, then that being you should have munajat with, you should speak to, you should have conversation with, you should sit and remember him. So I said to the class, I said, you know what, we have about a couple minutes left, five minutes left. Why don't we try? Why don't we try to, to sit and just, just have a conversation with Allah? Just close your eyes. He may, may mentioned some points, inshallah, I'll mention those points as well. And I said, let's, let's just, for a couple of minutes, five minutes left till class ends, let's just sit, close our eyes, and just let's try to have a conversation with Allah. So me as an instructor, I said, I had all the students do this, and I was just observing. So after not a minute passed, there's a student who, who, who's, who looks up. I said, I point out to him, I said, concentrate. Okay. After another like 30 seconds, there's another student that's moving around. And he looks at me, I said, just point at him. Concentrate, you know, focus. Another 30 seconds go by, there's another student who's, who's stretching and Allah knows doing what. So subhanallah, how are you going to be able to concentrate and focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we're not used to, to it, when we have all kinds of distraction? Number one on the list being the phone. The phone is such a huge distraction. Everything we have a notification for, for this app, for that app. For example, if a person wants to sit, recite Qur'an, do dhikr, do, do munajat with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Here you're sitting and it, we're part of it Allah forgive us We myself included We're a victim to this We are make ourselves the victim <laughs> So what happens here Alif Ting Okay Okay La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah Bing Okay subhanallah What's going on How are you going to be able to, to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When that very thing Right? Is, is, there is something there that's constantly distracting you from it. That's constantly distracting you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is it possible? Someone may say, you know in psychology there's something called uh, sensory adaptation. What sensory adaptation? For example, if you hear something for a long time, your mind kind of adapts to it and it doesn't focus on it anymore. It ignores it. For example, let's say if there's some sort of smell. Good smell or foul smell, there's some sort of odor. What will happen is eventually your, your sense of smell will adapt to it and you don't feel it anymore. Okay, you don't feel it anymore. Or for example, sometimes there's a sound. Right? If that sound is constantly there, constantly there, what happens? It's as if you don't hear it anymore. After a while, your sense of hearing adapts to it and it no longer focuses on it. It's as if you don't hear it anymore. Somebody may say, well, you know, we will eventually we'll adapt, we'll adapt. The problem is, you can only adapt to something when it's constant. If it's constant and consistent, only then will you be able to adapt to it. 
Here, the problem is, you have one app that's different, you have another app that's different, you have something else that's different, you have, you'll have a moment of silence, okay, you'll have a moment of silence, and then all, again, it starts to, to beep. There's no way you will be able to adapt. Adapting is the fact that you're, you're focused on that. Then, okay, so one is that it's a distraction. But the bigger problem is that the type of distraction it is, it often leads to something that's not only uh, uh, unproductive, but it's actually very, very harmful. Very harmful. You open the phone, you open a tab, you open the, you know, your browser, you go, even if you're looking at the news or you're, you're watching something, you're definitely your eyes are going to fall on things that are not permissible. Here in the Quran, Allah is saying, Tell the believing men to lower their eyes. Tell the believing women to lower their eyes. And here, when you open it, and we become desensitized to it. It doesn't even bother us anymore. It doesn't even bother us anymore. Then what happens is those things... Right? For those who are young, one thing will lead to another, one app will lead to another, and subhanAllah, uh, uh, in a matter of moments, a person is looking at haram or listening to haram. So how does a person connect their heart to Allah when not only do you have a distraction, but you have something that's counterproductive, that's something that's harmful, that's something that's bringing the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's bringing the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala By looking at haram By listening to haram We're listening to music We're, listening to, we're watching videos The videos may have music to it too The videos have women on there the, Subhanallah How are we going to be able to connect ourselves to Allah? So then we wonder Okay, the, the time that I do spend right? So some will say I do sit I sit for five minutes every day. I try to connect with Allah. I try to do muraqaba. I try to have a conversation with Allah. But what happens? My mind gets distracted. This heart, right? These, these the, the ears, the eyes, the tongue, these are all channels to the heart. So what's going to happen? If you're spending hours on the phone and then we're sitting for five minutes trying to do muraqaba, five minutes to do dhikr, five minutes to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's going to happen? You sit for a little bit, mind automatically gets, direct, uh, uh, it gets diverted somewhere else. You sit for another couple minutes, it gets diverted somewhere else. It's not going to be, it's going to be very, very difficult. I tell each individual, go home and on your phone, right, on this, in this uh, uh, settings, right, where it talks about like applications and whatnot, different phones have a different, see how much screen time in a 24-hour period, how much screen time we have how much time we spend on the phone the average subhanallah four five six hours just on the phone how is the mind going to be able to focus on allah it cannot it's so distracted so this is on, on the one hand what do we do what do we do for it as i said uh, we're all and uh, we're on the same boat so I said to my family one time, I said, you know, inshallah, what we're going to try to do at home is that, like for example, when I come home, I'm going to try. Okay, we have different messages that come in. If it's very important, usually what will, what will someone do? They'll call you, 
right? If it's really urgent, someone will call you. If it's not, maybe they message you on WhatsApp or whatnot. There are all kinds of things. Going. said, okay, when I come home, I'm going to try to put the phone aside. Then later on in the evening, if I get the, op- you know, I'll have some sort of time where I'll go through whatever messages, whatever emails I need to. Okay, I'll do that. When we both make, a, we both make the intention, we both make that effort. Why? Because you cannot expect, this is a second issue. You, we want something for our kids, but we ourselves don't do it. How is that going to make sense? That, that's like, that's simply like hypocrisy, right? Where, where we want to, for example, we want our kids to read Quran, but we're not reading Quran. We want our kids to not watch television, but we're watching television. Uh, this case happened one time somewhere where, you know, uh, the child doesn't want to do hifz. The parents want the child to do hifz. They want him to memorize the Quran. Okay, so they, they bring the, the child in. He's not doing his sabak, his regular sabak. Teacher tries to figure out what's going on. He said, I don't want to do it. Okay, you talk to the, to the parents. You have a meeting with the parents. Look, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to do it. Why don't you want to do it, beta? So the father says, I want him to do it. I'm telling him to do it. At that time, the son speaks. He says, I come home. I want to watch TV. My dad says, we have to read Quran. And he himself is sitting on the sofa watching TV. How do you expect it? Could you see the double standard? So here we're telling our kids, Beta, you know, you don't, don't sit on the phone. Don't sit on the phone. Don't sit on the phone. And here, we're saying this while we have the phone in our hand. Beta, don't sit on the phone. Don't sit on the phone. How do you expect that to happen? And I've noticed, subhanAllah, these things do have an effect. But Alhamdulillah, Allah's grace, you know, it's been almost about a decade uh, since, you know, uh, I've been in this field of teaching. Uh, from from this, the early students that I have till now, there's a big difference in their ability to concentrate. There's a huge difference. And just forget that, just within the last couple of years, within this COVID, right, we're coming out of this COVID era, just within the couple of years, I've seen a huge difference in attention, in, in the ability to focus. The ability to grasp things. It's a big difference. What's the reason? Phone. Okay. So this is one. This is something we have to focus on. We have to come up with a plan. We have to come up with something practical. As I said, one thing is, we're working. Okay, we have school. Depending on where you're younger, you're in school, you're older, you're at work. We have to have a plan that at least when, I'm coming, when I come home, let me put it aside. We have to have family time. We have to sit. We have to do something about it. Okay, so we're going to put the phone aside. We'll have maybe some sort of time. Okay, we'll have some sort of time. Where may, when we need to, we'll check our emails. We'll check our, you know, uh, whatever messages that are there. No problem. But have a designated time. And when we go to bed, do not have the phone with you. Try to not have the phone. Because that's one of the biggest distractions. For those who are young and unmarried, it leads to haram. Where you look at one thing, you tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna go to bed at 11 o'clock. Let me just quickly look at this message. Oh, you know, something goes, you get a link to something, then you go somewhere else, then you go somewhere else, then you go somewhere else, and pretty soon what happens? Couple hours are gone, and potentially you've, you've wasted the time looking at haram as well. Okay? Same, those of us who are older, right? Same thing. If we've already de- designated a time, uh, time slot to look at our emails and whatnot. Time when we go to bed, that's time to sleep now. If we've decided eleven o'clock we're going to sleep, take that phone, put it aside, put it somewhere else, put it in the other room if you need to. 
Inshallah, we have to be active on this. I make the intention as well, first and foremost, that Inshallah, I will try to do this. And everyone here make that intention that Inshallah, we're going to try to do this. That's how you, you create a healthy environment in the home. Okay, that's, so this is the first, I think, biggest distraction that we face. Second distraction. Second issue. There's a, definitely a lot of things, but the second thing I want to focus on is, is talking. In the past, our mashayikh used to say that anybody who wants to develop the ta'alluq ma'allah, they want to go through the process of rectification, uh, they would say that you have to decrease four things. Okay? You have to decrease the amount of food that you eat. You have to decrease the amount of sleep. Right? So whatever, however much you're sleeping, decrease that. And they would say decrease the amount uh, of time you spend talking and decrease uh, your, your interaction with other people. Okay? Unnecessarily. Unnecessarily, uh, uh, you have interactions, decrease all of that. Hazratani from our recent Akabir, he said, you know, subhanAllah, you know, that could have been in the time of Imam Ghazali and others. Now, of these four, I say just decrease two. You need to eat, go ahead, eat as much. I don't tell people to, uh, he says, he said, I don't tell people to decrease their eating. Why? Because today I tell somebody to decrease in their eating, tomorrow they're gonna collapse. There's a Mulvi Saab said to us, don't eat, stop eating. <laughs> So tomorrow you try to stand up for prayer, you're going to collapse. And he says, you know, I don't tell people to decrease their sleep. Again, on condition that it's moderate, right? The amount of food that you're eating is moderate. The amount of sleep that you're getting is, is moderate. But I don't tell people to decrease in their sleep either. Why? Because I tell them today to decrease their sleep. Tomorrow, they're not going to show up to the masjid. Tomorrow, they're going to be gone. They're gonna, they're, they won't sleep for two days. And then the next two weeks, they won't show up. So I say, look, eat as much as you need, sleep as much as you need. Huh. When it comes to speaking, decrease in that. Decrease in that. Why? Because think about it. That person who's constantly talking to other people, how is he going to talk to Allah Ta'ala? In fact, we talk to everyone, but the one being who we should be talking to, and we don't, is with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So we have to focus on this. What happens? As soon as salah is done, as soon as salah is done, what happened? You said, we start to, oh, hey, about this, what about that, what about this, what about that? And pretty soon, every, you'll notice this in every masjid. As soon as salah is done, what will happen? It starts off like gradually, right? Like a little bit of a murmur here, a little bit of talking here. And then all of a sudden, the whole masjid is, everybody's talking. Happens, it happens with our students. I, say, I tell the students too. I say, we have to focus on this. How are you? Rasulullah in the shamail of, uh, of Imam At-Tirmidhi rahmatullah He brings in a hadith where Hassan radiallahu an, the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu he asks his uncle. His uncle's name is Hind ibn Abi Hala. He was a son of Khatija radiallahu anha from her uh, first marriage. Husband passed away. And of course, this is then the, sis, the brother of Fatima radiallahu anha. Right? Half brother. Half brother from the mother's side. Half brother. He was kana wasafan. He was someone who was very good at describing. So Hassan radiallahu anhu says, I asked my uncle, right? Because he's the half-brother Fatima radiallahu anhu makes him the uncle of Hassan radiallahu anhu. says, describe mantiqa rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa Describe the speech of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa You know the first thing he says? He says, kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-ahzan. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was someone who used to be in constant thought. 
Huzn actually means to be in grief. It doesn't mean that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was grieving. What it means is, you know when a person is, there, there's something uh, in a person's mind and they're constantly thinking about it. So there's, there's, a, there's a type of worry that you, you can detect on the person's face. That's what that means. What was he constantly thinking about? His thought was always Allah. His thought was always the Ummah. Ya Allah, how can I save the Ummah? Ya Allah, the trials. Any, can you imagine for the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam? This is he, he, who's witnessed the heavens, who's witnessed, you know, uh, 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 in, in Laylatul Mi'raj, he's witnessed all of these things that are going to happen. Who knows through wahi? What the ummah is going to go through, what's going to happen on the day of judgment. So you can imagine that his constant thought was, ummah, what's going to happen in the akhirah? What's going to happen to the ummah? That's why Nabi Wasallam is always advising the ummah. Make sure you do this, make sure you stay away from this. Make sure you do this, make sure you stay away from this. Constantly thinking. Constantly thinking. And tawila sakt. He was someone who was, you would see for pr- prolonged periods of time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would be quiet. La yatakallamu illa, He would not speak unless if it was needed. He would not speak unless if it was needed. And then too, when he would speak, kalamuhu bayinun faslun. His speech would be very clear. His speech would be very accurate. He wouldn't, he wouldn't use more words than necessary, nor would he you know, uh, have less words that in a way where the person doesn't understand what's going on. Sometimes there are some people who speak in code. So you have to like think twice, like, wait, 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 what are you talking about? Right? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa speech was not like that. His speech had enough, it had uh, the perfect amount of words where the person sitting would know exactly what the Prophet sallallahu is talking about. And whenever needed, Whenever Nabi ﷺ was speaking about something important, then he would repeat, repeat maximum three times. He would repeat something maximum three times, maybe sometimes two times. But his speech was very clear. And only he would speak when needed. That's a sign of a person. That's a sign that the person is connected. Is connected to Allah. But again, as I said, that person who day and night is speaking, day and night is talking, talking, how is he going to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is the second thing that we need to focus on. The second thing that we need to focus on is the amount of talking that we have. We talk when it's needed. We make it this, this, uh, 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 this, uh, this intention that inshallah, when needed, I'll speak. Okay, when needed. Now, there are times, yes, as I said, where you need to speak. There are times where there's reward in speaking. You have, with, for example, time with your family. Yeah, at that time, you, you know, there are times with the family where you can say, okay, let, let's have like quiet time. And there are times where just speak. And then there are, when you're teaching, right, that's a time of speaking. But where it's not needed, oftentimes what happens is when we start speaking, this is one of the greatest diseases, is, is the diseases that come out from the tongue. Backbiting, lying, joking around, mocking someone else. All of these come within this tongue. This afatul lisan. These are afatul lisan. These are like the calamities of the tongue. So the, what's the, the solution? Guard your tongue. 
protect your tongue. And you have to be serious about it. So the moment you, re- you, you take a step back and you think about it, like, okay, do I need to say this? Is this important? Is it not important? Okay, it's not important. Forget it. Let me just keep it to myself. Let me keep it to myself. What's going to happen is eventually, eventually over time, that ta'alluq ma'allah will build. Okay? Same thing is when we talk about, for example, muraqaba, inshallah, I think uh, Shaykh Tamim is going to speak about muraqaba more later on. What's going to happen is when you start, when you start sitting and you start having this conversation with Allah, yeah, in the beginning, is your mind going to get distracted? Yeah, it's going to get distracted. Think about it this way. If you have like a, uh, a pond of water, okay, that's, that's been, you, you've, it, uh, it's, uh, it's completely dirty, right? At all times, there's all kinds of dirt and all kinds of filth that's been being uh, put in this pond. Now you put a filter. Okay, you've put a filter. What's going to happen? In the beginning, as it's purifying the water, what's going to happen? You're going to have to probably change the filter quite a bit. Why? Because there's just so much filth coming out. So much filth that's, that's coming out. But as long as you're changing the filter at its proper time, as soon as it gets, gets dirty, and, and it's doing its job regularly, consistently, what's going to happen? There's going to be a point in time where the water is going to become clear and pristine, and you won't need to change the filter as often. That's what's going to happen in your muraqaba, in your conversation with Allah. Maybe the first time you sit, you're going to sit there and you're going to think, okay, I don't know what to talk about. Ya Allah. Okay? I'm not sure what to say. Or you sit and you're trying to do muraqaba and you're trying to focus on Allah and you're thinking, and you start thinking about this, you start thinking about that. So, but you have to do it consistently. When you're doing it consistently, yes, over time you're going to be able to focus. You're going to be able to concentrate and you're going to be able to build that ta'aluq ma'allah. And what's going to happen is then that time that's spent will eventually start to pour over to other aspects of your life. When you're in salah, you will find much more concentration in your salah. When you're reciting Qur'an, you will find much more concentration in the reciting of the Qur'an. I mentioned this joke to the uh, students in the class the other day. There's one time an imam, he was leading like asr prayer, and um, he forgot how many rakats he prayed. Three or four. So after the prayer, he turned to the musallis and said, did I pray three rakats today or did I pray four rakats? So some are saying, I think, you know, Imam, maybe you did three. Some are saying, no, maybe you did four. Not sure. Nobody's really sure. One person then after like a moment, he gets up, Imam sahab, you prayed three rakats today. I know for sure. He said, wow, mashallah. He said, tell me, how do you know for sure? How could you say this for sure? He says, I have four businesses. Okay, listen. I have four businesses. So what I do is when I come for Asr Salah, in each, salah, in each uh, rakat, what I do is I quickly just think about each business. Okay? Like what happened today? Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? So today I only got done with three of my businesses. The fourth one is left. So that's why I know for sure you read three, three rakats today. I said, MashaAllah, great. <laughs> right? So that's the thing is, if you notice, our prayer always, is, its mind is somewhere else. It gets distracted. The moment you say, especially the, those prayers where it's, it's sirri, where the imam, you know, is, is reciting like dhuhr and asr, where you don't recite anything, you're behind the imam. As soon as Allahu Akbar, we don't even focus on the Allahu Akbar. 
And the movement in salah, it just becomes robotic. Like you know the imam is going in ruku. And sometimes what happens is you forget. Is, the, is, the, is it supposed to be second rakat getting up? So you just quickly look around like, okay, is everybody getting up or everybody sitting down? What are they doing? If the guy next to you ends up getting up, then you also get up. You say, oh, he sits down. Say, oh, I'm sorry. Right? So how, that, that concentration in the prayer will also develop when we take this time and we do it regularly, consistently. Okay, when we spend that time regularly, consistently in, in that muraqabah, in that, with, you know, spending some time conversing with Allah. So, two things we said to remove. One is, we're gonna remove inshallah the amount of time we spend with our tech. With our gadgets, with our phones, with our laptops. That's number one. And number two, we're going to try to focus on talking less. Especially in this 24-hour period. Those of us who've made the intention to be here for the next 24 hours and, and, and be part of this, then we, especially here, we make it a point that we're very careful in when we talk, what we say, is it important, is it not important? If we're here in the masjid, take that opportunity. Okay, number three, the third thing I want to mention is here where there were two things that were nafi, right? Trying to remove. The third thing is ifbat, trying to bring in. And that is bringing the environment in the home. Okay, because we all need motivation. We all need each other to help fuel us. In the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, Help one another, mutually help one another in doing righteousness and in developing taqwa. And do not assist one another in, in sin and in animosity. So at home, what do we do? Sometimes it happens. The husband says, the husband complains. He says, you know, subhanAllah, my wife, my children, they, I, I want to, you know, I'm trying to do better, but my wife and my children aren't supportive. Or the wife complains, I'm trying to do good, but my husband, my children are not. And sometimes it's the children that say, that, you know, we want to try to do good, but you know, the parents are not with us. So building the home environment, that's where you go to at the end of the day. So how do we do that? I asked one of the teachers, we visited South Africa, I asked one of the teachers, Mufti Muhammad Ali, Hafizahullah, I asked him, I said, how do we build the environment in home? He said, every day make sure you have, even if it's five minutes, you have some sort of ta'aleem. You have some sort of time where, don't restrict your lectures, or your, and I don't want to say lecture, you know, you don't want to give lectures at home. You don't restrict your, your you know, uh, uh, spirituality to the masjid. That okay, only when we come to the masjid, that's when we're going to talk about Allah and we're going to talk about the Rasulullah. No, you have to have it at home. You have to have it. How do you keep a sustaining spirituality? You have to make the home part of it. So at home, you sit five minutes. You sit five minutes. Read one hadith. That's it. It doesn't even have to be said, you know, families, we know how it is. Sometimes something happens, sometimes something else happens. Said, you know, if you're able to schedule it in, like for example, every day, seven o'clock, we're gonna read, that's great. If not, just time, find some time, five minutes. Say, let's everybody just gather together, let's just read one hadith. And he said, even if that doesn't work, then do this. Read something yourself, for example, from the lives of the Sahaba. Read something yourself and then share it with the family. Like, let's sit together, let's talk. Do you know I read about Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh today and you know this thing about his life and this something that he did. Just do that. Five minutes. I visited one, one of the madaris that we visited. They had a maktab program for young children. 
So the teacher was saying, you know, what we do is we have, they, they, they have like this whole regimen that they go through with the children. And it's very natural, right? So when we look at it, it's very, uh, it looks very, you know, uh, 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 very formal and very, you know, uh, uh, limiting. But when they actually do it, it's actually very uh, uh, natural. So I sat with one of the classes and he said, you know, when we do like mudakara of Allah with the children, we have a formula that we use. There's different types of mudakaras. One of them is where we remind them about the greatness of Allah. How do we do it? So he said, we start the sentence by saying, Subhanallah, my Allah created, take whatever you want for that day. So he took the, the example of rain. It was raining. He said, my, Subhanallah, this is how you have to start. Subhanallah, my Allah created the rain. Now he said, every child that's sitting, they're all six years old, seven years old, and they're saying what? Well, every child has to begin with this statement. Subhanallah, my Allah created the rain, and then mention some benefit that the rain has. So then each, and it was amazing to see, these children who are six years old, seven years old, eight years old, the answers that they're coming up with, kids are very creative. It depends on where you lead them, right? Subhanallah. These kids know the phone better than us. Every, every parent will say this. Bil ittifaq. I think there's very few parents that will say that, you know, I know more about the phone than my child, right? Every parent will, bil ittifaq will say, my kid knows more about the phone than I do. Why is that? They're so creative. Their minds are just so fresh and so open. Wherever you direct them towards, that's what they're going to do. So you've handed them the phone. What are they going to do? They're going to become experts in the phone. But these children, what they did in the madrasa, because they do it every single day, what does a child do? The answers that they were coming up with were amazing. Say, my subhanallah, my Allah created the rain. The rain, the seven-year-old kid is saying, the rain evaporates into the clouds and then it, and then it condenses and then it was like, subhanallah, we learned this in high school. <laughs> these kids are learning here. And they're, they're, they're actually saying it. Another says, subhanallah, my Allah created the rain which, which nourishes the earth and then it produces plants and then we eat from the plant. So the teacher told me afterwards when this was done, he said, these kids go home. And we tell the kids, share what you did today with your parents. So then the child shares with the parents. So today, we talked about, he said, Subhanallah, my Allah. So what happens is then the father thinks like, yeah, the father, mother's, yeah, Subhanallah, yeah. Subhanallah, my Allah created this. So then that atmosphere starts to build in the house where the child himself is saying, Subhanallah, this, Subhanallah, that. Yani, Subhanallah should become second nature to the child. How do we do that? We have to create that atmosphere in our own home. If we're talking about what happened in the Super Bowl and we're, happening, we're talking about this and this, that's what the child is getting. That's what the child is going to regurgitate. That's what he's going to talk about. But if you're going to be talking about, Subhanallah, Beta, did you see Subhanallah? Did you see the snow the other day? How it snowed and how beautiful it was looking? Or did you see how Subhanallah, how dangerous it got? And how Allah Ta'ala... The way you talk about it, and the way your family talks about it, you, your wife, the husband, the wife, the children, that's, that atmosphere will then, subhanAllah, create that, and that home then becomes sustaining, spiritually sustaining. We talk about, you know, green. We have to go green, eco-friendly. You gotta have, uh, you get uh, commercials now for, for the, um, the, these panels, right? You have to make the home spiritually sustaining. That's important. That's very important. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the opportunity, give us the tawfiq. Um, when we sit, so we have five more minutes for adhan. Um, Insha'Allah, what I want we to, us to do for the next five minutes before the adhan uh, is 
we try to have a conversation with Allah Ta'ala. What does that mean, conversation with Allah? Just like you have a normal conversation. Now, in the beginning, you know, when we, uh, when, I, when we first get married, what happens is you don't know the person very well. Like if it's an arranged marriage, you don't know the person very well. So in the beginning, it's a little awkward. You're like, okay, hey, you know, you're talking, you're just kind of watching your feet. How, what are you going to say? What are they going to say? So in the beginning, it's a little, in, it's a little bit formal. It's, it's a little bit awkward maybe. But what happens? Oh, after one, two months of marriage, subhanAllah, everybody's, you know, everything's, you know, you're talking, you know, you're saying everything. Right? So when a person first starts off with the conversation with Allah Ta'ala, sitting there thinking, what should I talk about? So you can just take something. For example, what's, if you don't know what to talk to Allah about right now in the next couple of minutes, just talk to Allah Ta'ala about what your goals are for this program. What do you want to achieve from here? What do you want to get? What do you want to get in life? Where do you want to be? Right? Where do you see yourself in the akhirah? Just have a conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about that. Those who have been doing it, subhanAllah, your conversation is gonna be much more, you know, uh, uh, much more informal and whatnot. But we have to start somewhere. So part of your muraqaba, your conversation, this is what we call munajat ma'Allah, talking with Allah Ta'ala. Mufti Taqi Uthman, his shaykh, Dr. Abdul Hayy Arifi Rahmatullah used to say, Allah said, batin karo, talk to Allah Ta'ala, talk to Allah about your day. Talk, you have problems, right? We want to go and see somebody to talk uh, to, to about our problems. Talk to Allah about the problems. Ya Allah, this happened today. Ya Allah, this happened today. Ya Allah, this is what's bothering me. So inshallah, for the next couple of minutes, we don't have very much time. For the next three minutes, Let's try. Where we, and don't worry, I'm not going to point out. I'm not going to say, hey, you focus, don't worry. That only happened in the classroom. But just, we just take a couple of minutes. I'm going to be here too. We're just going to try to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah. And then we'll have adhan. Inshallah ta'ala.